1: Right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for
0: details.
2: What's going on and welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans Podcast presented by Seakeek. I'm Daniel Sanderson, alongside my co-host Jim Eichenhofer. The Pelicans are back in action after a rough go on Saturday night. They fell to the San Antonio Spurs, 110 to 108. Now, four and a half games back of the Warriors and the Spurs with 12 to go. But we move on, and we welcome in Noah Eagle, uh, radio voice of the Los Angeles Clippers, as he joins us as the Pelicans will welcome in the Clippers to round out the two-game road home stand um, tonight. Noah, I appreciate the time. How are you?
1: guys. Uh, thanks for having me back. I, I appreciate it. After last game between these two teams, I think you're hoping that I'm a good omen for you guys because that did not go in favor of the Clippers. So if I can provide some positivity, I'm happy to do it.
2: Yeah, we are going to need every, every bit of that uh, right now. And we'll get to that in just a little bit, but let's talk about the Clippers because they've won 11 of their last 12, really starting to click just two games back of now, the one seed in the Western conference, what has gone right for them in these la- in this 12 game stretch?
1: You know, it, they're starting to establish a bit more of a, of a winning culture. And, and by that, I mean, they're doing a lot of the little things that we hadn't seen earlier this year. And really, the turning point happened to be that game in New Orleans. It was the last game that Sergi Baca has played. He has been out with back tightness ever since then and has just started playing on 4-4. Four and four, So they're hoping that he can return soon. But Avica Zubats has been inserted into the starting lineup and Marcus Morris has been inserted into the starting lineup since that game. That was really the last of that former lineup, that former group. And since those two have been into that unit, they've been just about unstoppable offensively. They're now the number one offensive rating team in the NBA's history. And defensively, they've been a top five defense in the NBA, and they're all the way up towards being a top 10 for the overall season. So I just think that they're locking in a bit more. They're starting games with a a lot more of a purpose and a focus and there have been a few of these instances now where they've been shorthanded or they've been down big and they have found ways to win which we hadn't seen most of last season and we hadn't seen for the first half of this season a lot of that has to do with the addition of Rajan Rondo as you guys know Rondo can just make such a big difference to the team where His basketball IQ is on full display. Just his presence in the locker room, he demands respect. And I think that he's rubbed off on a lot of the guys. His work ethic, his his film-watching habits, just all of it has seeped through. And then the emergence of guys like Terrence Mann have really, and Luke Kennard have really allowed them to take a step forward. So they're playing really good basketball as a unit. They're sharing the ball. And defensively, they've improved immensely.
0: You know, Noah, for a while there, it seemed like it was pretty reasonable to think that the Clippers might stay at that number three spot because they had a bit of a cushion of ahead of the teams behind them. And they were a little bit further away from the top of the West, but this recent stretch that you just commented on has put them into kind of striking distance. As far as Utah and Phoenix goes, you get a sense of how important seating is to them. Is it something that is a priority or, or is it really not that big of a factor as you, you go into the, these last few weeks?
1: Yeah, Jim, it's it's tough because the Western Conference is so tough that it's almost a pick-your-poison type of deal. And, and I think this team knows that. I think Teron Lou knows that. And really the whole coaching staff, this is an experienced staff. Chauncey Billups has been through the ringer on the Western Conference. Larry Drew has been a head coach in the league. Roy Rogers has been around a long time and is very well respected. Obviously, Kenny Atkinson has been a very recent head coach, and he knows what – the deal is in the playoffs and Dan Craig was just with Miami during their run last year. So I think this coaching staff understands that you want to put yourself in the best position possible. And honestly, they're more focused on playing their best basketball going into the postseason. I think that's the the main goal at this point. It's less to do with, Hey, we want to get to that top spot in the West. If they do great, or they want to get to the two spot in the West, if they do fantastic. But right now they're just focusing on winning the game in front of them and, and doing it with whoever's available because It's been a bit of a question mark, as it has across the NBA this year. I think that every team has been dealing with various ailments due to whoever's on their roster. Kawhi Leonard's missed a a chunk of the last handful of games, and Paul George has really stepped up. and, And this team's just finding ways to win more than anything else. And honestly, in a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have won, there was a game in Portland where they're down a couple possessions late in the fourth quarter, Paul George takes over and scores 10 points in the last four minutes for them to find a one-point victory. Then against Memphis, they were down Kawhi and Paul George to go along with four other rotation players in their playoff rotation, and they find a way to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. So it's games like that where they're just, they're inventing almost ways to win at this point, and if they can keep doing that, I think they're going to feel okay about their playoff standing and, and their opponent, no matter who it is.
0: You mentioned you know, being in good position entering the postseason. I was wondering, I know this is something that we aren't necessarily, uh, you know, dealing with right this moment because we still have a few weeks before the postseason, but the, with the play-in tournament this year, there's going to be, for teams like the Clippers, there's going to be this week-long break that you have between the end of the regular season and game one whenever you play that. Um, is that something that that they they're looking forward to? Is that something that they you think that they like as a team just based on the, some of the situations that you mentioned as far as having guys injured and, and player availability?
1: It's something I'm looking forward to. I, I can get <laughs> some sun. Like, I can actually go <laughs> take a walk. I can do something. You know, the schedule's been yes. so tight, as you guys know. It's been an adjustment for everybody. But, yeah, I think that the main thing for the Clippers at this point and the main thing that the team has been preaching is health. As mentioned, Serge Ibaka has now played since that, that game in New Orleans, which was right after the All-Star break. Patrick Beverly's missed the last couple of weeks with a broken hand. He should be returning within the next week to two weeks, which is great news. And Rajon Rondo is now dealing with a little wrist inflammation. So there's just a a couple of injuries nagging. Kawhi Leonard should have returned very soon. So that, that isn't as much of an issue, but I think that they just want to be healthy going into the playoffs and it gives them a chance now to fully immerse all these guys who have joined the team later in the season, the Rondos, the DeMarcus cousins to former Pelicans who have found a bit more of a home this stage of their career uh, for what they can do for this team. And and DeMarcus Cousins has just been signed for the rest of the year, which is, which is great news because he's been great for the team and he's been great in the locker room, honestly. And so I think for those types of players, Yogi Ferrell as well, the ones who have joined on late that week is going to be great because it can give Teron Liu and his staff a, a time to really get everyone together get some practices ready, make sure that everyone's on the same page going into the playoffs. And I think the other thing that people didn't really understand or realize was happening as the season was going on is T. Lou is notoriously known for holding back some of his playbook. And by some, I mean quite a bit of his playbook for later in the season and into the playoffs. And we're starting to see him implement a little bit more now down the stretch in these final 10 games for the Clippers but I think that week is really, they're going to use that to say, Hey, we need to get X amount of plays or this portion of the playbook that we haven't really run. We need to get that in going into the postseason." So it could be really good for them.
0: Yeah. I remember people have mentioned that about his time at Cleveland, that he would keep a lot of stuff in his back pocket that he wouldn't bring out until the playoffs or even heck even like later in the postseason. So I think that's going to be something interesting to watch. Um, during the uh, span of days where you're at the beach and you're getting some sun in, <laughs> and the playing tournament is going on, I I thought I would ask you about that. What are what are your thoughts about the playing tournament as far as what it's added to the the NBA and just the interest as far as that goes?
1: I'm a big fan. I, I'm a really big fan of it because it, it provides more meaningful basketball around the association. As you guys know, New Orleans is still very much in this thing. If they can find a way to to really pound that gas pedal and start winning, they've got those three against Golden State, there's a chance for them to still get in. And if they get in, anything can happen because these are one-off games. And so I think it's really intriguing for the teams like Portland and Dallas who are right towards that seven spot because anybody can win one game or anybody can lose one game. And these are teams that we expect to be playoff basketball teams and they've got superstars. And so to have that NCAA tournament type of mentality, type of feeling, type of energy to it, where you might have John Morant versus Damian Lillard in a winner-take-all game once again for the second consecutive year, and now the winner gets the seven seed, and now the other one's in danger of falling out in- entirely. I think it's great for the league. I think it's brilliant, and so I'm very excited to watch it. I'm very excited to see what it looks like, what it sounds like, and I'd imagine that the players, once they experience it, they're going to say, you know what, that was that was pretty good, at least the ones that win, Will.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. I'm sure the feelings will change depending on who gets the seventh seed and the eighth seed and one of those if they don't end up making it. Um, Let's go back to to March 14th a little bit. As you mentioned, uh, the Pelicans came out with a win over the Clippers, 135 to 115. You talked about what's changed since then, which seems to be a lot. Can you take anything away from that matchup on March 14th into tonight's game, or do you throw everything out the window based on what the Clippers look like and also the Pelican situation?
1: So I think that the Clippers at the time took a whole lot out of that matchup. Uh, I'll phrase it that way because Teron Luke came out, I would say right after the game in his post-game presser. And it was one of the few times this season. Hasn't happened a whole lot, but one of the few times because he's very even keeled. You very rarely are going to get him high. You're very rarely going to get him low. He's generally in a good mood. He's generally right here And, and his players. And I think that the team reflects that on the court. You see them for the most part. They're very much here. And so that particular night, I remember after the game, he was beside himself. He was not happy. You could really feel just how frustrated he was with the team because the effort wasn't there. And that was a it was becoming a bit of a theme from heading into all-star break. They did not have a good finish to the first half of the season. And then their first game out of that All-Star break, the Clippers completely controlled the game, dominated the Golden State Warriors. And so they go into this game with New Orleans feeling like, okay, maybe we're starting to build something. And they get run off the floor. And I think that was the turning point of, hey, we need to lock in. I mentioned that they changed the starting lineup from that point on. And Zubats has been in there defensively. That has helped them a lot. He's been a great rim protector for them. And offensively, he's been a great screen and roll guy. He's been honestly... Everything they could have asked of him and more, and then you've got Marcus Morris coming into that starting lineup. That's completely changed his season. He's been fantastic in that starting role, where he's scoring 15 or more. It feels like every game. He had a 33 point game, a 25 point game. He's been he's been really good for them in that role. And Nick Batum's been great for them off the bench. And so I think that the construction of the team has changed a bit. The Rondo thing it really does make a whole lot of a difference. So I don't know if you can take a a ton away from that game and and Rondo's questionable for tonight. So we'll see if he plays, but the the team is definitely different than what they looked like back in mid March, but yeah, you can take something away because the Clippers are going to have troubles dealing with Lonzo ball and they're going to have troubles, obviously dealing with Zion Williamson as everybody does, because I'm not sure in that starting unit, let's just take them. For example, Kawhi's not playing tonight. Patrick Beverly won't play now Reggie Jackson's basically been the starter all year as a result of injury and he's been fantastic in that role he's had a resurgent season for himself and so if you've got Reggie Jackson you've got Paul George you've got Marcus Morris and Evita Zubats and likely somebody like Terrence Mann or someone else will be in that starting unit with those four guys I don't know who can possibly contain Zion there's just there's nobody who can stay in front Zubats can be physical with him but he'll pick up foul trouble. Cousins can come in and be physical with him he'll pick up foul trouble. Patrick Patterson can come in and be physical with him he'll pick up foul trouble so that to me is the big concern. Zion can absolutely go off and have 40 if he's really feeling it. The other guys I think other than maybe Lonzo I think the Clippers can probably contain you know Steven Adams and Zubats will will battle on the inside but Bledsoe, you know, they've got probably an answer and, and Brandon Ingram, him and Paul George, it'll be a fantastic matchup. Zion is always going to be the concern. And so I do think you can take things away because he does draw so much attention and remembering that game. Not only did he draw attention, but he was so smart in what he was doing. Lobs towards the rim for Jackson Hayes, kickouts to Lonzo, who was shooting the ball well. And so if they're shooting it well, like they did in that game and they haven't necessarily shot it, as you guys know, from three, all that well for this second half of the year, but they were over 40% that night. And if they're shooting over 40%, this game could be very close and New Orleans can absolutely run away with it.
2: Well, let's hope for a good game tonight. The Pelicans definitely need to bounce back after a rough loss to the Spurs on Saturday night and the Clippers are looking to ride that momentum as much as they can as they head towards the playoff push um, come end of May. That's no Eagle voice of the Clippers. No, I appreciate the time. We've had you on a couple times this season. I'll say best of luck to you guys the rest of the way after tonight's ballgame. And we'll talk to you down the line. Appreciate the time.
1: Sentiments are certainly shared over here, guys. If you ever need to come to the beach, you just, you know, fly over, whatever it is. We'll, we'll make it happen. Day trip. I don't know, beach situation in New Orleans. So if you need a little sand in your life, you let me know.
2: I'm booking my trip as soon as we're done with this. I appreciate Love it, though. It. Thanks, man. Thank you. Good stuff there from Noah Eagle. Always a pleasure having him on. Very knowledgeable. Does a great job with the Clippers. Also does NFL, college football. You name it, he does it. Uh, and Jim, you know, man, yeah, you know, we talked about Saturday. We haven't really talked about it, and I think there's a reason why. Just because I think we did it enough on the post game show Saturday night. But you know, 12 games to go. I know people are are, are probably feeling down about their the playoff hopes for the Pelicans here. Um, but man, you know, last night the, the Pelicans were a Buddy heel holding on to the basketball away from maybe earning a half game back on, on the Warriors and you play them three times. But uh, it's going to be interesting down the stretch. Uh, see how they bounce back tonight against the Clippers. Yeah, it will be. I, I think for people that are, you know, the
0: the biggest optimists among us who may have been following that game in at Golden State and they saw the ball roll to Buddy heel and thought, you know, hey, he's going to have a chance to make a layup and pelicans are going to cut this to three and a half like i said the biggest optimists out there it was another frustrating development from the weekend i mean it was just a rough rough weekend like everything went wrong golden states won a bunch of games in a row um obviously the spurs picked up a huge win saturday so um it's it's a tough it's a tough situation going going into these last 12 games but as i think we talked about uh saturday after the game and what was a sad post game um it, right now, to me, it's about cut, somehow cutting a game or two off of this lead that Golden State has on you so that when, when you play the games against Golden State next week, Monday and Tuesday, you're, say, two games behind them. So then you can say, all right, we win these two games, and now it's tied, and now we have a real shot. Um, but they really need to cut some, some of this ground off because I think if they're still five or six games behind them, I, I don't think we're going to go into those games next week saying, like, Oh, this is monumental. If they win, then things are are, are totally different. Because if you're that far back, even if you win the two games, it it's probably not going to matter that much. So we'll see what they can do this week with uh, a chance to, you know, try to gain some ground. Unfortunately, Golden State's schedule they play Dallas next, but after that they play two teams that are struggling big time, to say the least. So it might be it might you might not get that much help this on the scoreboard, but this week either.
2: But stranger things have happened, I guess. I think I'm a firm believer in the way a team ends the season as well. So even if they don't make the play-in tournament, I think it will be important for the Pelicans to want to evaluate their talent here in the last 12. But also hopefully you end on a bright note as far as whether you can get closer to 500, just maybe end on a winning streak or something like that. So I know with, you know, only four home games to go, only three after the nine and eight road games, I mean, it's definitely going to be a struggle for the Pelicans too, but let's see how they, how they fare with some adversity. And uh, I think it should be a, a good learning game tonight against a Clippers team. As we mentioned, it's still rolling.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's important to close out the season strong. Even if like you said, you don't extend your, your season into, the, I guess we'll call, we can't say the playoffs. I, I guess we'll call it postseason. That's mm-hmm. what I want to call the, the play in tournament. It's not playoffs, but it is postseason. Um, but even, even setting aside the wins and losses, I think there's a lot of guys on the team that individually wanna close out the season in strong fashion. There's several players that I think have improved objective people's opinions of them. Jackson Hayes is one example, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. There's probably a couple other guys that I, I'm forgetting. I don't wanna list. try to list the whole team, but I think for some of those guys, just having another stretch of games where you play well and you can add some more confidence going into the summer, I think will be important. Um, thankfully it looks like we're going to get a normal-ish summer in America and in society that a lot of these guys can hopefully go back to the, whatever routine they had in their previous off seasons. And I mean, the Pelicans have so many young guys that none of them have actually had a real NBA off season because they've only been in the league for a couple of years. And last season, last summer was what it was, which was kind of a mess as far as, you know, coming back in the middle of the summer to play regular season games. So, you know, over these last three weeks, I think um, you know you you want to just see more improvement and more development from from a lot of the young guys, of which this team has plenty of them.
2: You're right about that, and I think Kyle Lewis would be the big example of not having a, an off season at all, and having yeah. to come right into the line of fire and, mm-hmm. and done a really good job of that as well. So you're absolutely right. Pelicans and Clippers tonight, 7 p.m. Central. You can watch it on Valley Sports New Orleans or listen to ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM. Pre-game coverage of 6.30. Of course, you can uh, read Jim's preview on Pelicans.com, and also he'll be on the post-game show afterwards if you want to chime in and give us a call. We'll be back on Wednesday for another Pelicans podcast. We hope you do the same, and we thank you for listening every time that we do one of these. For Jim and for Noah Eagle, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CQ.